Hello? Yes, we're on. Hey, welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimerder and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss to be here on this program. For those of you that like to call in and to ask your question, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And as usual, we always have three little requests. Number one, to be aware that this is a program, a live program, that once you call in, your questions cannot be removed, so please think before you do it. Number two is that we've got children under the age of eight or just about above the age of eight listening, so please make sure that your questions or comments are family appropriate. And the third request is that questions about children under the age of eight is generally how-to skills-based, and we usually take questions above the age of eight. And right now, we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. Numbers again, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to our first caller, Mr. E. You're on the line with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes. Hello? Yes, Hello? welcome. Uh, yes, how are you? Yes. First of all, I want to thank you about your book. It's an unbelievable book, the book about uh, relationships, math and relationships. Thank you. Can you share with me a detail of what you appreciated about oh, the book, Mastering Relationships? Definitely. I would love to, yes. It talks about the four personality types, and there are people that I just think about that I just different family relationships, the different people and friends that I'm dealing with. And with your book, it was so clear. You described personalities so clearly and so accurately in that book. It's almost like you had like a nevuah. You had a, some hidden information, and you know... You did a very, very good job on that, and I think when you really understand someone else's personality very, very well, it really goes very far in enhancing relationships. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. Thank you. And my question is that do you think Ritalin should be given, let's say you have a child, someone that I know has a kid in third grade, and the kid is a good kid. He behaves well at home because the parents keep him very stimulated, and they take, the parents give him a lot of attention and TLC, and he behaves well at home. But in the classroom, they say every day he goes to the principal, and he disrupts the class, and the school is really encouraging the parents to use Ritalin. Are you pro, anti? Is there any concerns that you, wanna, that you have to share for awareness purposes? Well, let's go ahead and realize exactly what you're saying. Um, there are children that have, let's see, ADHD, and it takes the parents their full time, their full effort, a tremendous amount of energy to keep the kids stimulated and behaving. And that's magnificent. Right. And the parents ought to be very commendable for that because many parents are not able to do that, and they get frustrated with that child. And they get upset yes. at that child. And sometimes the child could be fighting with other siblings or with neighbors. And what this child needs is stimulants. They need action. Yes. So a parent that can spend that time and that, that effort is amazing and to be commended. Now, yes. let's go deal with the second part. And that is what is a yeshiva or if it's a girl, a school, a girl's school supposed to do when learning is not interesting, means you can make it interesting, but learning math where you need to stay focused and clear, learning science where you need to remain seated and where you need a classroom structure and you can't teach with a kid calling out all the time or with a kid you know, touching other kids' desks where it's not that easy, let's say, to run around or to keep them stimulated. 
what do you right. do then? Right. Exactly. What do you suggest? No, so, I mean, I was wondering, is it an alternative? I don't know if it's in a class in the works, but I've heard, like, the, the, there was a special ed teacher who, like, invented, like, a glacier person. It wasn't a stender, but it's like a stender. Like, you rock back and forth, and it kept the kids stimulated, and, like, other alternatives. But I guess in the class, like... I forgot what it was called. It's an English term. They're like basically. Right, right. No, there are. They need rocking. They need standing up. There's there's right. a lot that's exactly there. I I want to agree with everything you're saying. Right. It's just that it depending on the size of the class, depending the skills of the teacher, and remember, let's be a little bit open. Our teachers at Rebbeim are not getting paid top dollar, right. so we want them to do top job. We want them many times the Rebbeim and the teachers. They've got two jobs just to pay the bills. The husband and the wife are both working because they're being macro themselves for chinuch. And then right. some classes, they can have two or three kids that, are, that will take the full amount, the full effort, the full energy. Exactly. So basically, so, if there's an alternative, then great. But if there's no alternative, then there's no alternative. Is that, is that what you're suggesting? Sometimes. Sometimes. Also, depending on the level that the kid has it. Some kids, right. they can have a very, very experienced Rebbe and someone that can manage with them. It also depends which grade. Um, right. Fifth grade will be very different than ninth or tenth grade, especially right. for boys where it's, you know what a yeshiva is like where you've got to learn, where you've got to sit now a couple of hours b'chavrusa, and a shear can sometimes be a week in a row, means shear one, then you have the next day is day two, which is a continuation from shear one, then day three is a continuation of shear one, two, and three, and if this kid's got ADHD and he's not concentrating or focusing, he lost day two, now day four and day five, the chazara, the learning, it's a, he's completely out of it, and we know that if this, they're out of it, then unfortunately it will breed worse and worse stuff. He'll, they won't even try. So basically, you're not openly, you don't want to openly say that it's good. You don't want to openly say that, but you're just pointing out the need for it sometimes and the alternatives, whether there's an alternative. But you're not going to openly say that you should take it or you shouldn't do it. Just That's pointing right. out the circumstances. That's right, okay. exactly. And I am not against it. I am not right. always for it as the first option, but I'm definitely not against it. But is there any alternative before that? Well, I think that there's a lot that can be. Um, first of all, I would always try natural stuff. I would also try a lot of the behavioral stuff to explain to the kid what's going on that we need to do. We need, this is the behavior that we're expecting. Let's see how we can get you there. The kid has to be on board. Many times young kids from 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, even 16 don't want to work so hard. Right. And therefore they'll tell you then, you know, just give me the medication. Now, I want you to realize, and I don't want to turn people off of medication, but not always does medication work. We're referring to saying medication, Ritalin or Concerta or Adderall, any of those that should be, Vyvanse, they're going to be prescribing. Many times it doesn't work well. There could be side effects. More, there's, I don't want to say like bad side effects, but the kid could sometimes feel a little lethargic, could be like tiredy. That means the medication's too high. Sometimes there's a side effect where they lose their appetite. So just to be aware that people sort of think, okay, take medication, it's okay, happens to me it's not that, that simple. Right, exactly. Wow, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's clarity. Thank you for the clarity.
You're welcome. I hope I was able to help a little. No, you helped. And your book, again, thank you again for the amazing, really, really You're well done. so really, welcome. Really. Now, let me ask you, what are your thoughts or your experience with the concept of the Ritalin or giving a kid with ADHD at home? The parents can manage that, but in school it's hard. Right. Well, thankfully, I don't personally have this issue, thankfully, but I, I, am, I did speak to a friend today who is struggling with this, and he asked me to help him. That's why I just reached out. But, but I will share with him what you said, exactly what you said, that, you know, it depends on, on the story. It depends on the situation, and, you know, it doesn't always work. You have to really think into it and go through every option. It's, it's not just, you know, good medicine, but you have to really go exhaust all the possibilities, talk to the kid, work with the kid, exercise, natural remedies, and until you have clarity. And even then, you have to use with, with judgment, with chachma, and not just run into it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Wow. Thank you so, so much, really. You're very welcome. I think you repeated that so clear. That's, that's really good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- thanks to you, really, really. Thank you. And, and your book, I can't even explain to you. I, I'm dealing with, with different cousins, different whole story, whatever, friends of mine that I'm dealing with. It just brings such clarity to that book, although I could say it, just, it really gives clarity. That, that's clarity. Thank you. That is such Thank a chus. I so appreciate it. For everyone listening, the book is called Mastering Relationships. Rav Nissen, did you have a chance to, hear, to read the book? Just a little bit. Not, uh, I didn't have uh, so much time. At least where I thanked you, and did your wife read that part? Yes, yes. Thank you. I really thank you. Uh, sure. Now, Rav Nissen, what do you say about this concept with the Ritalin? Because it's so controversial. That's... Sometimes they stuff up kids with medication. Sometimes they need it. What, what's your thoughts on it? You know, you know what? Uh, basically, I, I'm very, you know, I, I don't, I, I against very much. Okay. And, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Share why. And it's and I know that it's very easy solution for the you know to control classes, so maybe we maybe let's put it like in the food of the classroom, uh, you know, in the water of the of the school to put some uh, kind of uh, uh, you know retinol or something like this to calm the other kids. But it's not the solution. The solution that the teachers and I know as you speak you spoke about it too much. The rabbi, rabbis and the morot doesn't get so much don't get so much money. And it's tough to, our classroom is packed up, 25, 30 kids, and it's, it's tough to, so I understand the school that they're trying to push that, this, the parents to give them this medicine, but I think with, with a, a parent's side, is maybe to try to find the kids in another system, another place. Ah. And Very well said. This is something that it's it's. I, I would say this is something obligation for the from the parents. To and find let's it. create a further awareness about this. If us the parents are only pushing for supposedly like the top school, then there won't be schools that are comfortable being B schools. And B doesn't mean the Chassidim the Midas are B, or the or the Kir or the or the is B. It just means they're not pushing so much information. Then there would be even where to send these kids. They're wonderful, great kids. But why do we have to have every school's got to have so many hours of learning and everyone only wants to send every kid, even the one that has a problem? I know someone that their child has lots of problems, but they had pulled to a yeshiva, so they pushed there for, let's say it's ninth grade. Let's make that assumption. Let's say it's seventh grade. doesn't matter which one, but they got in. The kid had a miserable year. And they change to a different school the next year, and they're so much more successful. The parents knew this kid wasn't meant for that school where they're pushing so much information, but yet they still did it because they had a way in. And we are creating our own problem. 
that we don't have yeshivas that are teaching a bit on a lower level information, not low, not chas v'shom not that they won't know anything, it's just not this intense pressure. But if we push everyone to the best and we don't want something that's best in so many other places, where do we even send to? Well said, uh, Mordechai. You know, this is that something that we're really fighting about it to create a little bit different system. Sometimes, you know, not all not all the kids are the Gaon Mivilna or Chacham right. Yosef. We are kids as uh, and really true. And uh, look at our, all the kids, all the Yiddish kids, kids are really angels, are really good kids. They need. Just sometimes a small attention, a little bit more, you know, different. Be a little bit flexible with with the curricula, and you see amazingly from these kids. You see that a beautiful result, and no medicine, and the, the only the medicine that they need a little bit attention and given the chanoch pidarko. Teach the kids on his way. On his, that's what the, more or less the translation, right? Exactly. Definitely. So thank you, Mr. E, for creating you. this awareness. Thank you. Excellent. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to Mrs. S. Mrs. S., you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. Um, hello? Yes, hello. Hello. You hear me? Yes. Hello? Hello? Yes, we hear you. Yeah, oh, because I don't hear the other caller when I was listening before. Okay, well, we hear you now. And I hear it low. It will be low. You're live now, by the way. Right, I know, I know. Um, I have, I read an inspiring story um, today that I, I think you'll enjoy and the listeners will enjoy that just a good lesson that I got inspired by. Um, so I wanted to share it. Go ahead. Um, so there was once a mental health um, hospital that was looking for a night, a night, um, like a night worker to watch the ward, and they told him when they hired him that it's not going to be so busy. It's usually everyone's sleeping, so they don't really need to hire someone else, and there's only one they hire one person. They said if someone wakes up, then the, they're gonna um, usually like like the other people follow it. It's a chain effect. If one person wakes up, everybody wakes up. So they told him that he's not responsible for if everybody wakes up. He should call the front desk of the hospital, and they're gonna send extra security up in the floor. So I have a few nights on the job, nothing happened, and then. Middle of the in middle of the week, all of a sudden someone wakes up, and sure enough, everybody hears the reaction and gets scared in their own way, and and he starts going from one patient to the next, figuring out solutions. Meanwhile, things happen that shouldn't have ha- had happened, and um, there were not good results, and um, and they were suing the those people were suing this worker for negligence. So in the courtroom, the judge told him, you know, um, you know, how, he asked the judge, why, what, what did I do wrong? You know, how am I, how could I, how could I, um, 
be, how could I take care of so many people myself? So the judge said, didn't your supervisor say to call the front desk? So um, he said, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't do that, you know? So he said, that's why you're, you're in trouble. So um, I just enjoyed so much this story because it really reminds me of how much, like, sometimes, like, even though we get, we get all, um, we get challenges in life, but at the same time, we could call for help, and Hashem put so much guidance out there that we really could um, use them all. And we shouldn't be told like you're being we're being sued for something when we don't have to. I thought that was so powerful. Not asking for help. Not taking the help that we got when Hashem gives it to us is negligence. And when Hashem sends us help, or when we have where to go to, we should be doing that, reaching out to Hashem, reaching out to others. Beautiful, beautiful. Someone just sent me the message that this muscle, or Shumshim Pincus, brings down this muscle, so thank you. Oh, yeah, I read in the book. I just, whatever it was. Also, I have from the question and answer section in your phone line, not the last one you did today, 998. I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was such a powerful, powerful question, and I feel like I want to bring it up and share it with everybody so they could also, about the teachers and um, the teacher and the parents complaining that she should, that she should, um, basically um apologize for something that she said uh that that she said uh um something a muscle that the kid took too seriously yeah thank you so i just wanted to say uh, um i really enjoyed that one thank you thank you yeah. thank you i really appreciate your sharing with everyone sharing with everyone this muscle it's a great concept to go get help Hashem is out there for us to reach out to Him, and if we don't, it's hard for us. Great. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Appreciate it. Great, and thank you for also mentioning the question 998 that we did to, that I did today, and that is about a teacher, a substitute, that a parent was upset at them, that they said a muscle and the kid took it the wrong way and had an imagination, was really afraid of that, and now the parent is demanding that this substitute this teacher apologize for that and we addressed it there so yeah on section six one we do daily questions and answers thank you for creating an awareness that i appreciate that and the number yeah, thank you so that would much. like to call up is 718-683-5858 and i appreciate everyone that is calling up because earlier on in the program it's more hospitals for questions so thank you we are going to miss s you're on with Mordechai and her of this. Well, well, I'll tell you in two words without hurting you. I do not want to say. Whoops, hello. Miss S. Sorry. Hello. Hello. Okay. Hello, yeah, how can we help you? I don't know who you are. All right, Ravnissa, let's go. Let's just move on. Hello. Yeah, whatever that was. All right. So for those who would like to call, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And let me just see over your message or two that you've just sent me. I love listening to your line. I'm in therapy for about five years already. Very successful, Baruch Hashem. 
I always paid therapy by myself as a girl, and now as a married woman with two kids, Bar Hashem. Now I can't afford therapy, and my therapist doesn't take any assurance. I reached out to Berka Chaylums, but they only, but they pay only one session, and it barely covers a month. And I was busy calling. It was very hard. Question, why isn't there an organization that helps pay therapy? There's Bona Olam, RCCS, etc. But this is where it's so important, like bread. These, there's no help. What do you say about this? All I can say is thank you so very much for this. And Merit Hashem, for those of you listening, there was a Reb Shlomo Bachner, a tzaddik, that he's opened up, Bona Olam, and you've got for RCCS, that tzaddik. Every organization started with someone saying, we've got to do it. Whoever is listening, you're in that situation, please start. Do it. There's a beautiful organization that they do just for Bacharim, like from ninth grade to, I think, just about till, bismet, till, till um, I'm not even sure till what age, till maybe 20 or 21. And it's Karen Azer Labacharim. And there they help pay for, for several, for, for Bacharim, for their therapy. They pay half of it. But there are so many that we can use. So many. I'm sorry, it's Karen Azer Nefesh. And that's what we need. We need people to get up. And it's possible, Merit Hashem. We really could. We just need people to stand up. And Merit Hashem, we will see major, major, major changes. But I agree 100%. And again, for those that are calling up, would like to call up the number 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We have now the availability for that. But again, I, I want to go back to this about opening up an organization. Those organizations are there, but they started with someone. Someone did it. You can be that person. Just start. And who knows where Hashem will send it. How many children, Baruch Hashem, Hashem has sent through Bonelam. How many Eden were, were helped through the RCCS. How many people in High Lifeline that they had that. Let's even thank Reb Nissen. How many people are listening to kosher, to kosher radio because of Reb Nissen. It takes a person standing up to the plate and doing it. So please feel free. Those that would like, go ahead. Be comfortable. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we do have a message that someone has just shared regarding this about what to do, and that's a very good point someone just mentioned. Many therapists do take insurance, and many therapists go to a clinic. So just go there. Yes, you'll hear by us. We're always promoting clinics. And many therapists do take insurance, so maybe yours doesn't. But, yes, there are so many that does, and you can always call Relief, and they will guide you. We'll go ahead and take a text question that came, and that is, I gained so much clarity from your line. I'm a 23-year-old female married with two kids with some friends. I feel comfortable and free to talk. But sometimes when I talk to certain friends, I get so tense. I only concentrate on the discussion. Everything around me is on hold. And when I put down the phone, I think back how I spoke and all the details. Why am I so anxious and pressured? I would appreciate if you could explain this concept. Thank you so much for the free therapy. It means a lot to me. Yes. And let's understand this question. 
this question is very difficult to do because I don't know what's going on. That's why we'd like people that call up and share. I don't know what's happening, why certain friends you do have it, certain friends you don't have it. If you would be calling up on air, I would be asking you what's the difference between the friends, and we would start getting some ideas. So let's go ahead and figure out if we can get some callers. Let's get some callers. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Some people have sent me messages. Where do I get this number, that number? I believe in the power of our listeners that you will figure out how to get it. Just call up. Check the yellow pages. Go online if you have a friend or access. Even if it's filtered, you can find it. I have a big belief in our listeners. And again, those that would like to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Yes. What do you say to this, to this question when about... That there are that there isn't right now really organizations for mental health. Uh, I tell you that's uh, it's one of this really uh, maybe one of the gvirim you know uh, will uh, will take it seriously and uh, just take it and study it because uh, as you know uh, the Chinese wall started with one stock with with one rock and everything that's starting is with one one person. And somebody can start the organization and can do it. If it will be Lashem Shamayim, it will be very successful. Yeah. And uh, if somebody is, uh, what do you call it in the Goish language, pick up the glove. Yeah, exactly. We sort of got a message over here. I'm currently training as a counselor. We're told never to give therapy for free. The least we can do is take the minimum, Sheba minimum. That's true. And agencies, almost every place will have some point that there is that you're that you're doing. Means there is a copay. There's something that you will pay. But therapy, I do understand that therapy is very expensive. So then there's insurances, therapists that go to insurance, and then there are clinics. Again, the number to call up is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Yep, here someone sent us several names of clinics. There's a Jewish board, and Jewish board has got several locations. They have in Flatbush, they have in Borough Park. I'm not sure if they have Williamsburg, but they have Pesach Tikva. Pesach Tikva is in, is in Williamsburg, and they opened up in Borough Park. They have this thing over here. Oh, and that's finishing off Sivach Simatayva. In Lakewood, there are two wonderful organizations, which is Chemet and LCSC. But they probably have 30 therapists, each of them. So let's understand that that is very, very, very important, that you can have help. You just got to recognize some have certain places, some have certain things, some have means you take insurance, and some are private practice. Those that are private practice are private practice as well. And again, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683. 5858. Let's go get. We've got a lot of listeners. Let's go ahead and get a couple of callers calling in. Revenison, we're starting now with the schools, and a lot of kids are, are starting now with schools, and a lot of schools are sometimes having meetings with parents about dealing with the children ahead of time. What would you say is the process 
that if a, if a school starts calling you up saying there are some issues going on, what would be the process? If a principal or a teacher calls up saying, look, we had difficulties last year, how do we deal with it this year ahead of time? Yeah, Again, than... someone asked me a question, this last question. My heart goes out. I, don't, I would say call, contact the Rav. There's a little girl on my block who comes every day. I don't know who's asking how old they are, knocking on my door, begging for food. And when I ask her, she says her mom doesn't have money to buy food. She can sometimes knock on my door for a long time till I open. What can I do? It's let's contact her about them. Let's see what's going on over here. Sometimes Hasashal, maybe even child services has to be called if there's such neglect going on. Yeah, and maybe talk with her mother. Yeah. Talk with the mother. Could be that the child imaginary or could be that the mother is uh, unfortunately uh, not good. And we have a lot of uh, organization of uh, ourselves, you know, giving food every Shabbat, every Thursday for Shabbat. And family that need can just get, in, get it. You have so many organization of food. I think yeah. this is something that's uh, very, very important to... But the yeah, question that, like this... And I don't if, have an answer what to tell you. This is out of the scope of my expertise. Yeah, I, I've gotten the message from someone. You could see they're triggered. Therapists that take insurance are garbage. They report to child, you know, to CPS, the child, um, ACS, I guess, to child services without clarity. Um, any therapist where they see that there is neglect or abuse, they're mandated by law, and they can go to jail if they don't. They can be considered part of that if there's neglect and abuse going on. So, all right, let's again... We're good. We got a caller, and I'll ask some more people listening. Please call up. Let's get on the queue. We had several people before. Let's get you guys back. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We are going to Mrs. O. Hello. Yes. Yes, hi. Thank you so much for the line. I'm really enjoying it. Sure. Um, you're welcome. I would like to ask. I'm in therapy now for over two years. And I haven't seen like major changes. I would like to know, like, um, if I should just like wait it out still, or if there's a. Well, I would ask you. This is a conversation generally you have with your therapist. So, what would you say if I would ask you to take a guess? Why would you guess you don't see major changes in a year? Now, we're not blaming you, Chassasham. I just want you to guess, get an idea. I have, uh, I have no idea. I don't know. Well, what do you expect to see? I want to see myself oh, as a better person. Well, what's holding you back? You're going to a therapist week after week. Have you gone weekly? Yeah. And do you bring it up with a therapist? Why am I not seeing more? Have you ever no. discussed it with your therapist? I don't feel very comfortable discussing this with him. Well, you're with the therapist for two years. Why would that be hard for you to discuss it with him? I guess because I have issues, right? So can I 
then reflect your question to you. So your question is, why don't you see bigger results if you're not bringing up the real t issues that are bothering you? And the answer would be? No idea. I just like feel like, like I, like I'm not sure if I I need to go to that like to this route. Like maybe I need to just work on my minimum and like maybe that's gonna help me. But I've done like I've done that and it didn't really get me to. That's right. So, so let let me let me shift my question right back to you. You're two years out of therapist. Let's just be clear like what a therapist is. Imagine your right hand hurts and you're going to a doctor that fixes hands. So you're at the right doctor, but you're only showing your doctor your left hand. What will happen at that checkup? I guess they wouldn't be able to help me. But That's right. And what would happen if you continue going week after week saying, but my hand hurts? And the doctor's asking you where, and you go, my pinky, and they're touching the pinky. Is it hurting you there? And you're going a little, but really it's on the other hand. So let me ask you, what would get you comfortable to think of five? How, can you think of five secrets you never shared with your therapist yet in two years? Really. And five secrets that bother you. They make it easier for you. What about two secrets that you never shared with them and it bothers you? I can't think of two. No? Have you told other issues that you're not discussing with your therapist because you don't think he can help you or you don't think it makes a difference if you talk about them or their secrets that you don't want him to know? Not really. No? So your therapist knows all your issues. Is that a yes or no? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Then let me ask you, why is it hard for you to discuss with a therapist saying things aren't moving? What are you afraid will happen if you do that? I'm not sure. I, I, maybe I told him already that I don't, like, I, I still don't see any major changes in myself, but he, he told me he would have, like, referred me to someone else if we, if we would have not, like, someone that would be able to help me more than, but he, like, he, he, he claims that he suffered from, like, my issues, and he knows what, you know, and he went through. Next question, is this therapist licensed? Yeah, he's very licensed, and he, he charges a lot of money, too, so. And he doesn't know anyone else that can help you from your situation? Right. I don't know. That doesn't sound like I'm saying every therapist has help, and every therapist has a network of therapists that they work with or deal with if they're not successful. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, is it, sorry that I'm jumping. And sure, I, I don't even know what to say here. Maybe, maybe it's better to find a lady in this case. It seems like you're not, as, as Mordechai said before, that uh, when you're going to ter to any 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 therapist, any treatment, anything, uh, the therapist is not prophet. He cannot know what you have in your mind. And I would say that if you open with him or, or with her, but maybe maybe the the, the gender problem is the, that maybe you need a female. Right. Maybe will, you need a woman therapist. I would also, let me ask you, are you open with your parents? Are you close with the parents? Not very, no. 
Okay, is there someone that could go down with you and talk about it with your therapist? I'm married. I guess my husband, maybe. Excellent. So I wonder if your husband could go down with you and discuss it with the therapist, saying, you know, we're coming for two years. This is what we see change, let's say, but we're still stuck. Let's say if you're depressed, we're still depressed, we're still afraid. Mm-hmm. It, you, sometimes you can help someone have them or help them develop a voice. Because these things need to be discussed. And maybe the therapist will clarify what they meant. Maybe the therapist now feels that, yes, you should go to someone else. There could be a lot. I don't, again, because we're public and we're not going into what your issue is or why certain things are happening, so I have a hard way of knowing it. But one thing I could tell you is that you go to a therapist, certain things need to be discussed, needs to be open. And if things are moving, it's great. If things aren't moving, we also stop. I've had certain, I could just think recently we've had a client where we worked for a certain amount of time, but then we hit a block for about two months. We even pushed it another month to three months of things not moving. And I even contacted Relief. I said, this is the type of therapist that I think is needed, or maybe we try something different. But once you hit a certain pole or a certain wall and we've tried everything, it's time to let go. If there's a person that says they have always successful, they never referred on, that's that's crazy. I don't know anyone that has that kind other than the Rabbi Nishlela. No, so that's that's the thing. He does, he's not that type. He does, but he feels like, first of all, he doesn't know of anyone else do, like being given. So you go to the second opinion. Ask, mm-hmm. this, ask this top doctor saying, okay, this is what's happening. Who's your who's your equal, let's say, who's just as big as you? And can we go for a second opinion or just see what they suggest? Maybe a therapist will say that's exactly where you're supposed to be, and it's going to take another two years. Maybe you need groups. Maybe you should try a different therapist. I don't know. But all I'm mm-hmm. saying is that's where second opinions come in. If this was a medical situation where a person's going to treatment for anything for two years, it worked a little, but they don't see much change, you usually go for a second opinion. Mm-hmm. I know, and you always ask Doc Doctor who's the other opinion. You do call a referral source. So Relief is a referral source. You could share with Relief. What they do is they schedule an appointment with one of their referral sources, and they give you like a 20-minute conversation with them, and they can make other recommendations. Mm-hmm. Rav Nissa, what do you want to say? I want to say from the construction point of view. You have a leak in the, and yeah. the, a leak in the, and, 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 and the ceiling, and you don't know. You don't call to an electrician to check it. You go to a plumber. And you have to show him that's where the leak here, and it, trying to find exactly the point of the, the leak. And when you go two years for spending your money and no, not talking about what you have really inside of you, it's really it seems like you not trust the person and you cannot open yourself hundred percent. And that's why I ask maybe maybe a lady is will be easier for you to to approach her and be be op, more open because this is what the issue. To be, and especially in therapists, you have to be open on your issues, on your problem, on your stuff. Again, yeah, part of it is for you to be able to question the therapist. What are we gaining? What has moved? Why isn't it moving quick enough? What are different methods? Uh-huh. All right. All right. I, I wish I could be of more help to you. Your question is a little cryptic, so I don't know what's happening, but hopefully this information that we did give you 
speaking to this therapist, going down with your husband to the therapist, maybe calling relief or going down to some Rabbanim in your kahila that, uh, that knows about mental health and hear what they have to say about it. These are all stuff that I hope that can help you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Sure. You're welcome. Okay. And we are going to Mrs. R. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello, Mrs. R. Mrs. R. Mrs. K. Yeah. Okay, okay. we'll go Mrs. to Mrs. K. K. Uh, Mrs. K. Yeah, I'd like to comment on the woman who called up before about a child who comes asking for food. Yes. So, um, it really shook me up, <laughs> triggered me very strongly. So, I want to say, first of all, she should check it. I mean, it, it, it can be true, and if it's true, then it's very, very sad. But check it. You never know, <laughs> first of all. And second of all, if it is true, then I think it's very, um, this woman has an, an achrayis to do something because it's like watching any kind of abuse. So um, a parent who doesn't provide for children because they don't have money, there's something very, very, very wrong. And I believe in giving people a chance and try to, to get them for help, but this is very extreme. Like something really, really, really wrong for someone not to have your child doesn't have food, you just go knocking on doors. It's the minimum, yeah. minimum. So what are you? So what's the step that you're recommending she does? Well, I'm recommending she check it and yeah. verify it. And if it's true, then either there's like Askunim get involved and there's drastic change of the parents, at least one of them, taking responsibility, or get involved. Um, the whatever youth protection for sure this is a major major neglect it's the minimum nowadays not to provide food for a child yes thank you for that awareness really shaken up yeah yes thank you yes okay you're welcome so appreciated Rav Nissa what do you say to what she's saying 100% that's what we said and uh, Fortunately, we have a lot of uh, organizations that supply food, and you have the weak, and you have the government, and I don't think that uh, it's in in the United States of America right now. Is it's you know we have a lot of option to get food to the table. Sometimes also kids, you know, as as the lady said, we that's why I said before, check it, check it before you get a conclusion. And see what's wrong. Maybe they, even the, the girl, in, in, in imagination, you know, the parents don't want to give her candy, such so as they cannot give, I cannot get food, you know. It's it's a very tricky to find it, you know. But go check, talk with the parents, talk with the, the, the neighbor, the close neighbor, see what is the situation. We had situations that family didn't have food. And uh, I know that we organize food and we, we're sending every every week boxes of food. To the families. Yes. Am I still on? Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah, I wanted to say something. I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah, but some people think it's, it's a minute that they have a minute that if Hashem doesn't provide, whatever, if Hashem doesn't give them the money. But I think ev- I know that every single Jew in every single community will say that it's still not an excuse. <laughs> Never, ever to not feed children. Ever not. You know, yes. the, talking about the, I think that it's a very, very famous story about uh, a person that was very, very rich, 
And I think that uh, Rabbi Salant said about was rich and he lost everything. And unfortunately, it passed away from anger. Uh, so I asked the Rabbi Salant what, what the story said. You know, it, it didn't die from anger. It, di- it died from kavod. Yeah. It didn't... He didn't want to to what he called to ask a favor or to ask. This is a really uh, silly uh, point of view. I know that many families that it could need... be embarrassing. It Embar- could be yes. very embarrassing. Yeah, but but if a parent cannot like handle the discomfort to provide food for children, they cannot be a parent unless they get help. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, th- thank you. Thank you. And I want just to tell to Mrs. R that we lost her, so maybe call again. Yes, Mrs. R, call again. And again, the number for those of you who would like to call and share messages or your comment or question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And right now we are looking forward to taking your questions or your comments. Go ahead. Call up, and we look forward to taking your questions or your comments. 718 718- Six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Yeah, we have a question here about explain what is DPD. Only. That's the BPD. That's oh, the famous oh, one. Okay. Oh, the famous. Or okay. DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Okay. So okay, question that uh, about uh, adult that as. Uh, uh, the suicidal uh, point of view, and what it doesn't—it doesn't want to go any therapist. All right, I'm, I'm just not sure what the question is. The what question: the What what, what they can do with this person? Um, usually, the only solution is hospital. Okay. Let's understand what it means. Someone's yes. at risk for their life, and they don't want to go for help. That is when someone is so. Let's say New Jersey. Everyone is a mandated reporter. It means if someone wants to injure their life, and if someone knows about it and they're not stopping it, then they can even go to jail. In New York, it's not that way. Not everyone's a mandated reporter. It might be an ethical issue, but you're not, you're not I don't think, you know, you're not responsible. I'm pretty sure that in New Jersey, everyone is considered a mandated reporter for something like that. So if someone needs to be in the hospital, that's the legal place where they belong. That's the simple answer, unfortunately. There aren't any other shorter answers to that. So the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And someone just sent us a message like regarding that um, that person that called up. Um, I sent you back another... another uh... Oh, that they feel bad that they sent the message. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. So we're not going to read the message then. So, yes. Very nice. Thank you for that. So basically, I, we're getting a lot of messages from a lot of people, and they're they're good. They help. So people are sort of feeling and saying, open up more, share more. It might be hard. Take time. And that's, again, we're having people work with you. It's interesting, but there is a, in the medical system, people where you hire them to be your advocate. 
That means that most people sometimes, if someone's in a hospital, after a while you get stuck in the system. You're already afraid to ask the doctors. You're afraid to ask the nurses. You're afraid for changes. You're afraid of their attitude. Advocacy groups that there's now coming out more and more, they will tell you these are your rights, and they will actually fight for you. And I think sometimes in therapy we need to have sometimes more people advocating, like this call that we had before that she's two years in therapy, what's going on? Someone to go down, let's say, every five months with the therapist. With you, what has changed? What's the goal? Is there anyone else? And that's something that there isn't there yet. But I definitely agree with that first message that we had, sort of saying, why aren't there yet organizations to help out for people to pay? So someone has sent us a message that Amudim does subsidize some therapists, those that they have, and I think it might go along those lines, sort of where people will start saying, I know these are good therapists. I'm willing to pay to these therapists. Okay, we are going to Mrs. W. Mrs. W, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Yes, hello. Yeah. Hi, good evening. Thank you very, very much for your phone line. I really... Listen a lot and learn a lot, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> okay. Now, I know you don't usually like these questions with a friend, but let's see if, if it's possible to ask this question. Um, I have a friend who's going through a trauma, and she's in the middle of the trauma. It's actually a relationship type of trauma that she's been in for many years to the point that there are certain occasions where she really has to take, you know, take medication for herself before she could. Do, you know, let's say she has a simcha and she has to meet, you know, these people in the relationship. The question is, so I tell her, I tell her a lot of times, please go for help. And she keeps on telling me that while a person is in a trauma, it's impossible to be helped. Like she tries to explain to you, like while a person is in the middle of a car accident, let's say, would you start calming them down and starting to cheat them? She feels like the whole time she's like in the middle of this car accident the whole time. And That's she right. can't get any relief. Sure. Is, that, is that a truth, though? Can I ask you, can we ask a different question? Let me shift your question differently. Um, it's, it's really from the Briskarov. They have it, and it's sort of that when people ask a question that they want an answer, you can give an answer to. If someone wants to give an answer or doesn't mm -hmm. want an answer to their questions, you can't answer. My question is, does this person look to get better? I I don't I I can't imagine not meaning. Well, hold on, no, 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 stop that. Let me let me share. Thank you for clarifying your answer. Let me ask the question differently. Okay. Is this person asking for advice and implementing no. it, or every no. time she's kvetching or crying, she's telling you why nothing will help? Well, she's not telling me why nothing will help. Meaning, I don't know if she even tried anything. I. She okay. just believes that. So I what I want to know is there is there any? Wait, hold on. That's called a victim mentality. Now, you're not asking about someone else. Okay. There is something called a victim mentality. Victim mentality is that they're a victim and they can't get better. Mm. And many times these victims, I'm going to say something very controversial, and I hope I'm not going to get too much of a negative back backlash. I hope people understand what I'm saying. Many times there are people that are in a difficult situation, but they are doing actions that keep them in that difficult situation. So the concept that we have in therapy is a therapist, let's say someone is drowning, we can stretch out our hand. It could be an inch away from the person's hand, but the person has to grab your hand. If we try to grab your hand, you might pull us in. You might tell us, no, you're not holding me strong enough, and it's our fault. 
in order to help someone, we're supposed to reach out, reach our hand, and the other person is supposed to extend their hand and grab our hand. And that is a major point in therapy, which is we can do our 50%. You need to do your 50%. In marriage, it's, each one has to do their 100. In therapy, it's you need to do, I, we'll do our 50, you do your 50, then we could do our 50, our 100, and you do your 100. So there are clients that come in. That's why I do the intake. I do the evaluation. And many times people are real victims, but I also see that they're choosing to remain a victim. So I go, okay, you're right, all this is happening. Now, what are the choices that you can do to get out of it? And unfortunately, many people... I don't want to say many because many is a big number, but there are people who choose to remain right that they're a victim. So there's a saying, if you believe you can, and if you believe you can't, you're right. Because <laughs> either way, you'll, you'll just convince yourself of... That's right. So now let's go ahead and take this person's situation. When someone says, if someone's in a car accident, can you be helped? Let me ask you that question. So if someone is in the middle of the car accident, does that mean Hatsola doesn't come? Does that mean a hospital won't work on the person because they're in a car accident? No, we only take if someone's got a strep throat. No, there's something called a trauma unit, a crisis unit. There are Hatsola members. Then you've got sometimes Hatsola, it's a real severe car accident. Then they've got the, the... fire department that will come and excavate and, and rip the no, car apart. Like while the car is swirling around, let's say, before it even comes to a stop, like in middle of the, like the trauma is happening at the moment. Now, let me ask you something. How long does that take? Usually right, 30 she, seconds? Right. The thing is, is that she feels like she's in this trauma now. It's like many, many years, but it feels as if the day, like meaning... There are certain people, let's say, that are very rude to her and hurtful to her, and sh- they still are. It's not, it's not like right. they're, they're changing. They're That's right. The so let's now clarify something. What they are saying is they are trying to distort and use their muscle for you to see their way. Our job when we're therapists is to actually show them the light. So that's, again, where we go to the question of the person. Is the question looking to be right? If the client is looking to be right, we don't help such people. Mm-hmm. If you want to prove to me why you're right, that's mm-hmm. your choice. But do you have any studies showing that you're correct? Can you back it up? I can back up where different methods of therapy, where it has been worked. So there are analysis, where they analyze, and there's something called meta-analysis, where they've got, where they take major analysis and they put things together. So they have, for example, mega-analysis of people that are doing um, personality disorders, people that went through PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, thousands of soldiers that were from, even from all over the world, which they use the system, and they can prove that it will help. So what I will tell this person is you have an excuse to say you're in a trauma maybe for three weeks, maybe. Anything more than that, there are methods of therapy that can help you. If you're feeling that severe, there are also methods of therapy that can help you for that. Medication is one of them. But then there are therapy modalities that are meant for trauma. So you give a person that 30 seconds when the car is spinning, no, there's nothing, but then there comes a crash. Once the crash happens, now we can help. Mm -hmm. We hope that the person is still alive. As long as her heart is beating, 
there are methods of therapy. So she can say there's right now a crisis mode. Someone was nifter, just lost a job. I can't think of going to a therapist. Fine. So take a week or two, a month or three months to stabilize yourself. But if you still can't stabilize yourself, then there are methods of therapy for that. And sometimes it's even a hospitalization. Sometimes it's called an in-treatment, an inpatient, an inpatient therapy, or sometimes an outpatient therapy where people need eight hours a day of intensive therapy. Mm-hmm. There are such places. For an example, addictions. People are in such a tailspin, as this lady says, that they are stuck in the addiction that they need to be three, four, five months out of the world in therapy the entire time, but the goal is that then they get out of that. So finally they stop the tailspin. They sometimes do medication, they do intensive therapy, group therapy, different types of methods, and then they get better. The same is for eating disorders. There are inpatient facilities which you go to for months. And if this lady needs that, then understand you need now a hospital for that. Like that is what it's meant for. But don't, but for those listening, for those that aren't experienced, you might actually never get caught up into this person's vulnerability mode, like, I'm stuck. Rebnissa, what do you say to this? Uh, it's, you know what, I, I really don't uh, I see it like this, and I just, uh, I don't have nothing to, you know, people people trying, uh, what do you say in the, in the road, don't be right, be smart. You know, yes. it's, it's to who you want to prove that you're right or these people they're wrong, you know, it's not it's not working. This let your life build around yourself and not just not going to be I, I'm right, is they're wrong and they try to, to move me and put me here. It's it's not it's not working like this. No yeah. So what are you hearing from what both Mayor of Nisma are saying? That if a person so this is really I'm happy to hear what I'm hearing, that if a person really would like to be helped then it's possible. And if they want to stick themselves in the victim mode, then, you know, I think the problem in this particular situation is that her pain is so, so, so intense, even though it's so many years later, because it's the same. It, she had a trauma, then it was like sort of a trauma within a trauma. And right. it's, it's just so painful. She can't even see that possibly she could get out of it. If I could just tell her that I know for a fact that it is possible, which I thought it always was, then... You know, maybe I could convince I've her got to... some sad news. I'd like you to remain optimistic, but I'm a big <laughs> pessimist. From experience, people that speak that way, when you start telling her, yes, you could get better, she will be dropping you. Mm-hmm. And she'll start finding other people. The minute you stop listening to her, she will start telling you that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, someone sent a great muscle. Someone yeah. just said, even when the car is spinning, there are earbags and there are seat belts and preventative therapy. She can still go to sessions to learn how to prevent that when the car will hit, even though she's spinning, how to help minimize the damage. Wow. Very good muscle. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, so I would be, from experience, telling you, the minute you start telling her, you spoke to Mordechai Weinberger, there are options out there. You might have to mm-hmm. go to a facility for six hours a day eight hours a day for four months, but you can't get better. Boy, you're gonna see how she's gonna start. You call me crazy? Now you think I'm nuts? You think I need to be hospitalized? You think this, and you go, no, no, no. All I'm saying is that you can't get your life organized and you might have to do more extreme positions. You're gonna see how they're gonna start turning on you. And all of a sudden from someone that they valued you and you're the only one that can help me, all of a sudden you start turning into the enemy. Mm-hmm. 
So if you feel comfortable, share this with that person, and please share with us next week. Fill us up with uh, with what happens. Okay. With I the wanted, update. Yeah. I wanted to mention one more interesting thing in, in, in regard to this, that many years ago I was, you know, going through something, and I went, and it was it was really distressing me, and I felt like it's not really my responsibility what it was that I was going, you know, ha- that was put on me. So I went to speak to a therapist, and I'm busy complaining, and he, I stop for a minute, and he looks at me, and he says to me, what is this, you having a tantrum? And all of a sudden, like ever since then, as many, many years later, and any time I want to complain, I stop myself, and I say, no, I don't want to sit on the floor and kick and, you know, be a two-year-old. No, I want to deal with whatever the situation is, and it really made an impression on me. Yeah. That's right. So now what would you say is happening with this person? Does she seem like someone that wants to move up, or does she seem like someone that is remaining stuck? Yeah, and I think this particular person would really like to move on. I just think the, the situation is just very, mm-hmm. very, very, very painful. Bezrat yeah. Hashem. You know, uh, yes, yes, yeah, so okay. we hope. Thank you. I really appreciate sure, it. Sure, you're welcome, and thank you for being such a good friend, for caring. Thank you. And someone else sent me a message that I also use a lot, and you can daven for her. I'm a big believer in tefillah. Yes. Uh, Mordechai, one, one just mark that uh, the, the lady that called about the suicide person, she said that uh, to talk about awareness of mental hygiene warren, I don't know, it's, she said something about it. You familiar with I don't with know it? what that is. Okay. So, mental hygiene, the only thing I could think about is having clean thoughts. means... For people to stop being aware that if we have negative thoughts, if we have thoughts about sadness, then you know, it's just like hygiene. Hygiene means how we take care of our body. So to be aware that if we're in mud, then we need to take a shower. We need to wash our clothing. Some people get dirty, and they're complaining about how dirty they are, but they're not cleaning themselves off. They're not thinking differently. They're not changing their clothing. And this is sometimes when we use the term of mental hygiene, but I'm not exactly sure. Again, when someone just leaves a message and they don't call in directly, we don't know exactly what they mean. Sometimes they say one thing and they meant another. Sometimes we understood it a little differently. Okay. Yes. So we'll go to Mrs. D. Mrs. D, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yeah, hi. Um, thanks for waiting. Um, sure, thank you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for, your, for the line really a great awareness. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Um, just wanted to, regarding the lady who just said before, does it make sense that somebody could could be stuck but yet want to get out? Of course. means that they're means stuck. They, they could say they want to get out. Stuck. Of course. Of course they want to. They just want the easier way. They want it their way. I call that control. Many people um, control Hashem. The Siyat Deshmai has to come this way or that way. Yeah, They're not letting Hashem control them. Yeah, is going to therapy and is trying their hardest and is doing their best, but yet yeah. is not moving quick enough or whatever. That's right. That's, again, control. Hashem will send the speed, and certain issues just take time. So does that mean that they're deliberately not, not, not getting help or they deliberately want to stay in their position? You just said they're moving. It's just taking time. Let me ask you something. If, well, let's not look at therapy as a strep throat in 10 days you take the medication. What about Nebuch if someone's got a longer or deeper issue which can, be, which can take three to four years to heal? 
because this yeah. is in the family system for over 70 years. Makes Sometimes sense, we've right? got grandparents that suffer from anxiety. The parents suffer from anxiety. And now when you've got the grandchild that's 30 years old, it's not disappearing in five sessions. It's not disappearing in 10 days. This is acute system in, in the genetic component almost. Or sometimes it's in there. Right. right. So therefore, the person is when willingly it's moving, trying to get their, doing their best. They're not that's right. It just not. takes two, three years to get out. Once a right. week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes different, different methods. I know someone very well that they go to two therapy sessions a week. They go to, five, to three 12-step groups a week. That's five sessions in total wow. besides having a sponsor because wow. that's what they need. They come from three wow. generations of major difficulties, lots of family members with major difficulties, I and think they're the big in therapy for over three well, years. Right. But the big step here is that the person wants to get help and is looking to get help. It's not that the person wants to stay where they yes, were, where their family was. Yes, but are they doing was. enough? Now, what I'm trying to create awareness is, are they doing enough? So Sometimes they need mean? to take medication. They don't want to take it. We've got clients that challenge us. say, okay, now we've got to do MDR. No, no, I don't want to do trauma work. I want to continue mm -hmm. talking. I go, no, we're the therapist. We're prescribing. We're sort of setting the setting up the therapy process. Mm -hmm. We need you to come along, but sometimes the, ther the clients will challenge us. And we mm -hmm. will tell you, no, we'll give you four more weeks this way, but it's not moving. We know things can go better. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. question is, the person could say, I want to get better. They could be in therapy, but they could not be treatment compliant is what we call it. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. if someone else is paying for their therapy or if the, or if the agency or government's mm -hmm. paying for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're comfortable coming. They're not, they don't have a major need, and now they could even get a little tour of, I don't have to do anything better because, look, I'm in therapy, and that's where I'm mm -hmm. stuck. Mm -hmm. so, so it depends on, lines, on the same What? On the same lines, what, um, what is the difference, really? Like, I understand that you do, at your center, you do therapy. Um, why would you refer somebody to, like, relief or something? What is the different modalities? That I do doing? that all the what? time. We refer all the time what out. What is the difference? What is the difference? Very simple. Why, I want to share with you right now a question that we, that, we see, that we received, probably from another country. Hi, Rabbi Weinberg. I'm in therapy for four years with a therapist who believes only in psychoanalysis. When I question him and tell him I'd love to see more progress, he says he was also in therapy for 20 years. Does that make sense? I enjoy the depth of psychoanalysis very much, but is there quicker and better options? If you can't answer this, can you somehow address it in Section 6, things like that? I want to address it now because it's exactly to your question. That means I have certain specialties. Our specialty is depression. Our specialty is anxiety. Our specialty is OCD for those that want to get better, means they're willing to do exercises, and our specialty is marriage. I do not have knowledge or experience, I should say. I have knowledge. I don't have that much experience with addictions. I do not mm -hmm. have that much experience, or I do have experience with actual personality disorders, but we're not good for those because you need to be a little bit more of a thicker skin. We are mm -hmm. not geared for crisis management where you need to spend hours of speaking to different family members and putting everything together. So mm -hmm. when someone comes to me a case and we start working on it, but after a certain while it starts developing out of something that we can help, we will then refer to relief. Oh, wow, mm -hmm. there's a major addiction. It's, 
It's, we didn't what, see it at first. We worked got on, more expertise in that area, so you would rather relief not is a referral organization. All they do is yeah, referral. They will say, say that their okay, therapists have expertise there not them. rather than... They will say, we have a data bank of who mm-hmm. are, let's say in the from world and on the from world, who specializes in addictions. Mm-hmm. And they, even in addictions, there are different types. There's alcohol, mm-hmm. there could be gambling and other stuff. Mm-hmm. So they will find who is an addiction specialist. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm not experienced, so let's go to this person with psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis is a wonderful system. If you've got OCD, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. If you've got anxiety, it doesn't show that much results for that. It's pretty sure. Well, that's where you need to get educated. That's where we have these programs for people to get educated. That's where you call up, let's say, organizations that refer, and Mm -hmm. they know basics for OCD that people that specialize is the ERP therapy. Trauma work, there are three, four types of therapy, EMDR, um, somatic experience. You've got the, the inner work that we do by us. There are certain systems that you know do for certain areas. There's trauma-focused mm-hmm. CBT. There's CBT okay. for basic stuff. There's, if you're in the field, mm-hmm. you know what it is. So you start reaching out. You start getting educated. Mm-hmm. Just like in the medical uh, field, you mm-hmm. have your general doctor, which then will make a recommendation to a specialist. Sometimes you'll call up the kachalams, or you'll call the referral organizations. Who's a specialist in this in this area? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But does it make sense that somebody, let's say, would need one thing and also need something else at the same time? Yes. Because yes, there are people we have that. Sure, we have that many times. I see that when people we're made come. of a bunch of things, right? We're not yes, just made of one thing. Yes, and then I tell people you need to understand. One thing. Yes, and then I tell people all the time, I'm so sorry that you're coming to me at this time, but we, I can't help you because here, what you need is all of a sudden like a hospital. That's where hospitals come in. Where the hospital, there's a car accident, there's someone will take care of the heart, someone will take care of the lungs, someone will take care of the broken bones. You have all those doctors at once. That's a trauma. That's the triage unit. If you were a one-on-one center where we're just like a one-on-one, we can deal with one of those. We can't deal. Those are called crisis situations. And crisis situations, unless they could need five hours of therapy a week, eight hours of therapy a week, certainly. Yeah, but what I mean to say is that let's say somebody's coming in for one difficulty and then they're also seeing that there's different parts to them. They're having a little bit of relationship problems and different things. Can you include it all into the therapy sessions? We don't know. That's what it takes an intake. So that's where you're Mm -hmm. not experienced. That's where a therapist that's experienced can analyze that and can say Mm -hmm. what you're saying is minor is major. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's where experience comes in. That's where a therapist that doesn't intake means they have knowledge. I was just speaking to a friend of mine that is a lawyer. So he does sort of a malpractice law for those that had medical complications where a doctor or surgeon sort of made a mistake. So the lawyer that does the intake to hear the case was actually a medical doctor. So this Mm -hmm. doctor, that's a lawyer. This lawyer, that's a doctor, understands the procedure that they're reading. And they can understand if the doctor didn't do something in advance that they should have, and because of this, that is why the complication happened. Mm-hmm. So you need someone, the person that does the intake is usually knowledgeable in different areas, and when they hear the problems, they're able to say, yes, this is something we can handle, or no, this is too complicated, and we can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's best to reach out to the people who know.
That's right, and that's where people go for evaluations, and that's where you try to get people to the top. So many times people pay more money for the first evaluation to understand what's needed, and this way, now they're on the right path versus some people say, okay, I don't want, I'll figure it out on my own. They can go a year or two to the wrong type therapist because they didn't get a proper evaluation or proper diagnosis. Right. So what did you want to say? I said that uh, we take the construction the same, you know, you get the, you get the, the, you have the JC, the JC, you know, the general contractor, and you have electrician, plumbers, uh, wiring, uh, framers. Each one is his own place and his own duty, and this is exactly what our in our in our brain, our you know, we have some certain people that has more more experience with anxiety. Some people was with. Uh, with other other addiction, as you said, so this has to be fined, and the, the the general contractor basically is running it the first, checking the plans, checking what you need, and what we which place to put the profession, the other guy, and this is what right, you said the evolution. Makes sense what you're saying, but I still feel that let's say if somebody, let's say you're saying that let's say this one profession, let's say anxiety. The person's got, there's more to the person than just anxiety, so there's other things going on as well. It doesn't have to be major issues, but there's... That's, the that's why... Could be isn't there, and that's, the what says, that's what a general Gen- contractor does. The general contractor right. understands in construction, understands in electricity, understands in everything, and they are making that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so definitely, you, sometimes you, you might use, call it just anxiety. Listen, go ahead. Sometimes you don't use all this. Just you bring some kind of handyman that will take care of everything. You know, you don't have to to bring all the the profession together. But sometimes, if it's every it's it's a big problem or it's it's a, a huge building, so you need to do uh, each each item by item. Definitely, most of the time, taking handyman or the, the just a general. Yeah. General uh, construction. Right, right. Okay. So again, that, and for the person to be a general contractor generally has a lot of experience. Did many work for many years that you trust them, that they know right. what they're doing. Right. And they might have experience in different areas, not in just one area. That's right. Exactly. Not they might. They probably do. That's how they're able to make the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Right. But they still yeah. might not be the expert. They still will not be doing the sheetrock. Yeah, that one particular thing, they might say, I can't do it or whatever. I refer to someone yeah. else or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, just one thing, I just wanted to comment of what I listened before. It, um, I'm actually from England. You were saying about, like, about the children. Yeah. It was interesting that I saw my son. My son is quite... Um, you know, a quite a, I would say hyperactive, but a smart type, um, loves, loves everything, but yet studious learning is a little bit more difficult because he's not the type that likes to sit and do things. But, you know, when he came in today from the yard, like, he started, he took my toolbox and he started, like, screwing and putting tools, and that's where he was involved. And he's like a normal child, but I was just, I was just thinking, I wish there would be, like, more yeshivas and more chadorim for children who, with that little bit more extra. I mean, say, yes, the child enjoys sedra, and yes, the child enjoys chumash, but then there's that extra bit, some sports, some music, some, I don't know. I know it's like the old, going away from the old system, but 
so many children do need that bit extra. I'll tell you the secret. That's what we share all the time. You're right. And it's us, the parents, the more we ask for it, and if the yeshiva does a little bit, and all of a sudden we all start pushing to those yeshivas, then more will open up. When we push to the yeshivas that only do very limited, um, let's say, uh, other situations or other stuff, then that's what they're going to do. People look at where everyone's pushing. I know, if but the it, yeshiva this knows, is what there's around. There isn't anything. It's either proper special. Let's not start. Let's not do that. I don't. I don't enjoy hearing what there isn't. I like talking about what will you do to change. Well, Are you willing to offer them. several children to come to your house after? Are you willing to try to find someone that can help them build even for the young age? Let's not talk about what's not working in the system. Let's recognize everything that changes is with one person. I would like to give myself some credit or have Nissen a lot of credit that a lot of us speaking publicly about mental health, many people have started therapy. Do you know how many people told me I shouldn't do it? Do you know how many people are still saying it's not necessary, no one's interested? The point is let's not talk about what others are saying what not. Let's talk about what will you do. It starts with one person. As we started earlier, we had the program, Bona Oilam, RCCS. A time, Bikr Chaylam, High Lifeline. They all started with one person saying, we got to make changes. So let's not talk about what not and start saying, what can I do in my little world? And if you just take three parents together with three other kids, that's already a start. Mm-hmm. And I think okay. if, you, if we can build on it. That's right. That's it. The power's within us, the regular people. Mm-hmm. And the regular kids that can become geniuses. It's just That's not, right. It's know, all I mean, us. That's right. Yeshivas changed based on us. Yeshivas see, wow, this yeshiva did this. All parents are trying to push to get into this yeshiva because of this, and others' yeshivas will follow. Same with schools. If the school does something, we start going, oh, they give extracurricular stuff. We don't want to send our kid there because our kid doesn't need it. Then other, kids will not, then other schools will not follow that, and that school will lose, parent, will lose kids, will lose the parent you know, body. You know how it is when it comes to boys that people want old Messiah and they want everything like it let's was. Not, let's not, you see, that's your limiting belief. They used to say that when you have a BAME, that would hit. And what changed was one parent. Another parent said, I'm going to stick to a school even if it's not as good, but they don't hit. And that changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's us, the parents, that make changes. Let's not talk about what. Let's talk about what can I do. I'm asking you, what can you do to give your kid and maybe two other kids more happiness with using tools within the Messiah? Well, I can only do it after school hours, not within school hours. Good. After school hours. What can you do that other parents will say, wow, that's great. And I'll have my kids join. And then maybe there'll be a school five years from now that will pick up your, your, your mantra. Mm-hmm. Maybe the teachers and the, the principal will see that it's a good idea and just adapt that's it to right. the school. It starts with you. Rev Nissen has a program. I love it. It's called If I Can, You Can. His entire theory is if I reminisce him, which he's a general contractor, and for those of you listening, I highly recommend him, but we're not here to promote business. So I'm just saying that if I can, you can, that's reminiscence concept. Right. And yes, if he knows how to do something, he will show you, explain to you over the, on, on, on air, you call up, and he'll share with you how to do it. Mm-hmm. 
If I can, you can. That is the concept. And if you have that in mind, and for those of you listening, things do change. Yes, they do. And I want to tell you, it's really our dream are to build kind of schools to these kids. But yes. right now, it's tough. Yes. Oh, I believe that you one day... You're agreeing with me it's a bit tough, because I would like oh, to do I it. Oh, I agree. I it's tough. No, sorry, please. Yeah, go ahead, Robinson. It's no question that it's tough. It's very tough. First of all, you're fighting against the, the existing uh, system that it's not so easy to change. And it's around in the, the finance, and definitely. But as, as Ramodahai, it's starting with one, one step. One step at a time, you know. If your friend, if your son will tell your friend, his friend, listen, I have now, right now a, a good time out. You know, I'm working with a computer. I'm doing music. I'm creating some band. You know how many kids create their own band, music band, and playing in, in, in uh, the, the school study adapted and bringing a computer, everything, you know, just something to give them a little bit different taste what they, they want to, to do it, you know. Even Shura Torah, in a different way of level, in a different, different perspective. I tell you, I have, right now I have uh, twins boys that graduate and they go to Bet Midrash, yeah? yeah? Each of them went to a different Bet Midrash because they, and we went many, many Bet Midrash, yot. we went to check what is fit them. Each one find is on Bet Midrash, how we can learn better. And that's it. And I said, it's your choice. I'm not going to give you a choice. This your choice yeah. what you make the decision because don't let, let tell me later that, oh, Abba, you make my decision. No, no, no. You find Yeshiva that you're going to Bet Midrash, that you're going learning over the Shtayinin in on your way. And this is the, the, the idea, to give the kids. Yeah. I just feel Pidoko. that we need to make... Ma- there needs to be a lot more awareness about it and not look down at if somebody Good, wants to have a creating it, speaking up. Many people listen. May we have many principals, many school teachers, and you'll find that they're agreeing with you when they find it's the parents that need to speak up more. I find the school systems are, are the school generally has loads more for okay, the girls. Okay, I'll tell the you, I personally don't yeah. enjoy focusing that yeah. much on this, I'll tell you, because I find we usually blame the school system and from experience, I find it's us the I'm parents. I'm not blaming. I'm just looking at as I know, our, but our I, I, like, I like focusing on yeah. parents because I, I see right. the other side. I deal with the schools, and I deal with lots of schools that tell me the parents are complaining. And I don't want to go into the subject now, but I've taken certain kids into school, school. Where, kids as... would like, where schools would like to take some kids and parents calling up, don't you dare do that. The, I find the change got to happen by us. I find the secrets mm-hmm. by us, the powers by us, the parents, and the schools would like to do many stuff, and they're trapped. They are. I don't want to. I don't want to say they have a blank. Who, who need to open up? Who need to open That's up? That's right. You need more parents talking between themselves and more parents doing after-school activities. Then the school will see. Yeah. Oh well, this is what parents really want. It's easy right. to talk. It's easy to complain. It's easy to cry. Take steps of action, and things change. Schools okay. want it. They want the parents to ask for it. If a parent, if a school could say, "We've got 30 parents asking for this," now they can go to the board. Now they can right. have other schools following. Now they can protect themselves. They're also part of I don't want to defend them because there's a lot that they yeah. can do. But I want to empower. Empowering comes from us. Everything starts from us, the simple people. 
And I don't yeah, use no, the word I, simple like right. we're simple. I mean just those yeah. that think we don't have power, that we can make the changes. Yes, we can. Yeah, and the and school we can see build our children the in their own way. The school see the, yeah. the result in the, in the child, you know, and they see an happy child that come into school happy, and this is um, create a lot of awareness to the teachers itself. If the kids coming right. home come, come come from home happy to the school, and not never, you know, sleeping or disturb the, the classroom, it it will give a, a lot of uh, you know thinking to the teachers and the schools. Right. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. Certainly. Yes. Um, and good night. Good night. You're welcome. Excellent. Thank you. Have a wonderful awesome. evening. Bye-bye. Be well. Okay, Mordechai. <laughs> All right, Professor. Thank you. So we finish? Yep. Okay, so thank you. Good night. And to our dear listeners, and we keep running uh, the regular show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Thank the, you extra, the time extra time, Professor. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it.